is that the cloud of smoke that was offered by the Kohen Godel on Yom Kippur, that cloud itself becomes shade in the sukkah. And just like the cloud of smoke was formed by the incense that the Kohen Godel offered, and the incense is about not just being close to Hashem, but being connected to Hashem, so to the connection we have in the, Hashem in the sukkah mirrors that, but really it's, it's more than that. The connection we have with Shem Kippur is makif, in an ascendant way. It's in a way which we internalize. On sukkah, Hashem tells us about sukkah station, we should say, which is parenthetically the reason why it's to um, bench Luvan Esek inside a sukkah supposed to bring the light of Hashem which is the sukkah to come into your heart and part of who you are. So because Yom Kippur brings out inside of us the deepest connection we have with Hashem that stems from the Chish V'Nefesh, the deepest part of the soul, that's why on Yom Kippur we offer incense that is made of 11 spices. 11 is a number which denotes the opposite of holiness. Because everything in the world has a godly energy. And the godly energy is what that thing is about. But in the opposite of holiness, the godly energy and the thing that it sustains are us. Because the godly energy is is the real reality of what the thing is. When telling something is the godly energy that sustains it. And so therefore the godly energy is sort of in a state of exile in non-holy things. And that's why we recount the um, the unholy as number 11. Everything in the world has 10 spheres, 10 kinds of things in it. And it says um, that the, the paradise, that everything in the world is, is a comprised of 10 things. But we call, but all things are not associated with number 11 because the godly energy is considered something foreign to the thing itself. So, Ketoris, which is about not just being close to Hashem, but being connected to Hashem, not just being connected, but being connected to Hashem in a way that you are one with Hashem, a connection that comes from this part of your neshama, Ketoris precisely because it expresses such a deep bond with the Jew and Hashem, it ha- it, it, it's, it's at such a level that there is nothing, there's no kind of parallel con- parallel there are kinds of connections we have with but the kind of connection that is that is expressed in the offering the incense is something which knows no parallel the the um, it has holy to holy and this is the 11 spices that the place has the ability the bond we have with Hashem that's expressed the bond we have with Hashem that's expressed often in sense because it has no limitation because from a place with it doesn't need parallel connection of holiness as Yah is here is a time when you're getting connected with your Yah with your Yachid with this part of your Neshama so because this connection has no limitations and boundaries it also is not affected by is unique in that it we're not just supposed to do the mitzvah like every other mitzvah in the sukkah you're supposed to know why you're in the sukkah. 
the knowledge of why you're in the sukkah is a part of the mitzvah. It's similar to the mitzvah tefillin. It, it, it's the back rights that they're both similar in the sense that you have to know what you're doing. It's that the knowledge is part of the mitzvah. So why is the knowledge part of the mitzvah? Because on sukkahs we're supposed to take this we have with Hashem, which is beyond limitation, which is not affected by the opposite of holiness, and we're supposed to bring that that feeling that part of neshama to become something that not just is in hovering above us, but something that thing which is around you make the name you. And that's why we are supposed to do the, the mitzvah of the Luvan Eshek inside the sukkah to bring this deeper into ourselves. Um, so the Dalit meaning, the part of ourselves that has a connection to God's oneness, love Yechida, Hashem wants so it's to come inside each of us. Taking the the experience, the Kateris, and making it one with who we are. Okay, that's basically the content of the first half of the Mimer. In the second half of the Mimer, that goes, in his words, deeper. Where we're going in the second half of the Mimer is like this. In the first half of the Mimer, we were learning about how the non-holy is that. Kateris is able to to transform into a kind of connection the whole realm of the unholy. Now, that goes further and says deeper, it's not just that the unholy is not a contradiction to the incense, but the incense is made from the unholy. There's something we want in the unholy that we want to use to create than than other things. The soul needs to have nutrients to sustain it. needs to have physical things to eat. Why physical things to eat? It says in the Torah, man does not live on bread alone. Why does man live? Last the energy which is in food. We also have godly energy. Why do we have godly energy in food? It says because the godly energy which is in food has a higher divine source. It's in the world of Tayu. has a higher power energy. A person, a Jew's soul comes to the world of Atsilos. The world of perfection, the world where there are smaller lights and bigger vessels, but the but the physical elite, they have in the world of there are and the vessels scattered into all the physical things in this world. So there's a deficiency in that world also. But the origin of the physical things we have a higher source of the world of Silas, but the physical shards of those vessels to become the energy energy of all the physical things in this world. Precisely because these lights are are higher, they're able to go to a lower place. Like the Mithra Rebbe gives ten parables to explain that whatever has a higher source uh, is able to go to a lower place. Because a teacher is, is gifted, is able to convey the same information, the soul descends into the physical world. The soul descends not just into the physical world, the soul is also meant to engage with physical things. When you use an item that's not holy, a physical item, you use it for a mitzvah, you're bringing the divine lights of the world of chaos, and you're bringing them into the wide, the greater vessels of the world of Atsilus. The world of a chaos has a problem of having small vessels. The world of Atsilus has a problem that has smaller lights. How do you bring the bigger lights of the world of chaos into the bigger vessels of the world of Atsilus by doing mitzvahs, and by using the physical things that Shem gave us for their divine purpose. 
So there's a descent of the soul to a body, the purpose of an ascent. How is that ascent achieved? It's by, it's by engaging with these physical things. It says when God made the world, on the first day of creation, God made a light that Adam could see from one end of the world to the other. Jesus explains that not just he could see everywhere, but one end of the world, from the end to the language of the Torah is from the end of the world to the end of the world. Say from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. So Chizik explains that we're talking not just about this realm, we're talking about the, the, the hidden world and the revealed world. All of that was in the purview of Adam, of Adam Rishon, from Adam, because of the infinite light of Hashem that came upon the world when God made the world. That's just the light of Hashem that was in this world. This world had that tremendous light. But compare that light to the light that shines in the world of chaos. The world of Teo, there's a much greater light. Besides the tremendous amount of in quantity, it's a bigger light. It's, 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 it has less limitation. It's a whole different kind of light. If the light that God gave the world was so great that Adam could see from one end of the world to the other, that's a light of the world of, Ats- of Atsil. That's, that's already a light that has already been processed and, and the world is, is able to receive in some way. The, world, the lights of the world of Teyu are way, way beyond anything of this world. And, but that light has descended. It, it shattered. It shattered the vessels it was in and it became the, very, the physical things that sustain all, the, the godly energy that sustains all physical things in this world. So when we use the physical things in this world for the sake of holiness, we are, are um, bringing the infinite lights of the world of chaos into the wider vessels, into, into the broad vessels of the world of Atsubas. So although we all have our own godly energy that sustains us, again, that's, that's limited. It, what, what sustains something lower than us, externally, the man is highest in, in, in the hierarchy, in the echelons of creation, man is in the highest place, then there is animals, then there's vegetation, then there, then there is the inanimate. We're the highest. But whatever has a higher source falls to a lower place. Therefore, man needs to have the godly energy and the physical things that he eats in order to sustain him. Why isn't the godly energy in them, not the one in himself, is not sufficient? Because the, the, the godly energy in vegetation, let's say, has a higher source than the godly energy in, in man. So that's why we need to use physical things to do mitzvahs. That's when you use physical things to live. But there's something more over here. What about unholy things? They fall lower than other physical things. They're not just physical. They're not just inanimate. They're the opposite of holiness. In order to descend so low, it's because they have a higher source. So the items that were used in the spices that were, that were offered on Yom Kippur... It's not just that the connection that we have with Hashem at that moment is able to transcend uh, the opposite of holiness and, and despite that there are unholy things there, we're still able to connect to Hashem. We're able to transform that various to mitzvahs because our connection to Hashem is so deep and so that it's above the, the realm of the unholy. It's much more than that. We want specifically to use unholy items because the unholy items have a higher source than the holy items. And therefore, we specifically use the non-holy, the, the, the non-kosher items of the myr, and we use a non-kosher number of 11 in the spices because that has a higher source than the godly energy in the physical. And that's why tzaddikim cannot come close to the place of Balchuva. Because Balchuva is able to elevate the unholy sparks of, of the three impure clippers, 
which have a higher source than the, the godly energy, which are all other physical things. It's sad that they're able to... Why the three, you're saying? In, in, in the prophecy of Yecheskel, he, he, he describes a, um, three, he makes three adjectives to the kind of weather that he's going through, uh, the, the dark clouds, and so the three, three words he uses describe the, actually the three impure clips. But there's also number 11, the three impure clips, there are 11 crowns of the unholy. The, the point is, whatever number we're going to use for them, the point is they're ugly. And because they're ugly, they have a higher divine source than the holy. Because how do they descend so low? In case it takes a much greater light to descend so low. And therefore... Maybe because otherwise we wouldn't be able to overpower like too much power down the holy to make it for That's why what? That's why what? That's, That's why you don't have more. I asked why don't we have more down the holy? Because uh, it comes from a higher source, maybe... That's maybe one of the explanations of Rishon Cheshman and Venus. Because since a lot of areas are transformed to mitzvahs, so we, so, 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 we need, uh, anyway, so, so, um, so through our service of Hashem, we draw down an infinite light of Hashem. That's why it says the Mashiach's grandfather was called Peretz. Peretz means to break boundaries. And when the, ah, Chaim Peretz. And it says about Peretz, the Torah describes the progeny of Peretz as these are the offspring of Peretz. And it says offspring in the, in the, in, in the way that the word is full. It has two vavs in that word. So the two vavs in the world, the word of parrots, and the word of the offspring of parrots, is different to the word chronicles. The Hebrew chronicles and progeny are the same. Told us parrots and told us See, these are the chronicles of the heaven and earth. These are the progeny of parrots. So regarding the progeny of parrots, it says, told us with two vavs. It's written full. Because there's something that's achieved specifically through us going to the exile and dealing with the unholy that brings about the infinite revelation of the child, the grandson of Peretz, the uh, the full revelation that was beyond what Hashem put in the world when He first made it. The world was made to be full. It was The world is, is a... Is a um, the Tell the Shemayim Varetz also has two vavs. The Chronicles of Heaven... I'm sorry, the Chronicles of Heaven and Earth also has two vavs. But the fullness of the world cannot compare to the fullness of the coming of Mashiach. And that's specifically created by, and the mitzvahs were doing it during the time of the exile, when there, when during this time the eleven unholy crowns are are prevalent and 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 dominant, and all the ugly things are there. Why? Because it's precisely by connecting to the divine origin of these unholy things that we bring about the infinite light of Mashiach, and that's the advantage of the prayers of Yom Kippur, the incense of Yom Kippur that surpassed the incense offered the whole year. The incense of Yom Kippur is about transforming sins into mitzvahs. That's something which we could do because on Yom Kippur, we're connecting to the essence of our neshama, which at that level, there's no parallel connection to anything else. And therefore, even the sins that on purpose are into mitzvahs. And that is something which reaches the innermost part of God's crown, the inner dimension of, of Atik. On Atik, on Yom Kippur, it says, the sphere of Malchus ascends to Atik. And also regarding coming to Mashiach, it says that... Um, Mashiach will um, will reveal the inner dimension of Atik. Because Yom Kippur gives us this deep connection to the Ebishner, therefore it's possible to um, to transform the unholy, to transform the sins themselves to mitzvahs. Mashiach will make even tzaddikim do Mashiach is about to show. Mashiach is about the transformation of that which is unholy. 
What creates the coming of Mashiach? It's the unholy. So, all of the revelations that we're talking about are achieved by the soul coming to this world. The soul existed before coming to this world as well. God thought about the soul before the soul came to the world. Mizichimagid says that for Hashem, the past and the future are the same. So Hashem has in His image of us our, all the things that we're going to achieve before we achieve them. However, there's a difference between actually doing it and being in Hashem's thoughts as being able to do it. The reason why Hashem caused an Hashem to descend into this world is in order to actually fulfill this purpose. Not just to potentially fulfill this purpose, but to actually do it. So although our, our image and what we're going to do in this world and how we're going to reveal the deepest part of our heart and transform the negative to the positive and be in the time of the exile and do all those wonderful things, that's all in God's thoughts. But Hashem didn't want just things to be in a potential state. He wanted things to actually happen. To be in God's thoughts, not just potentially, God's going to envision what we could do, but to actually do it. And how do we do this? How do we achieve God's purpose in creation? It's by actually learning Torah, doing mitzvahs in this physical world. Especially through, through offering the incense of Yom Kippur, which is Shuvah. And through sitting in the Sukkah, through doing mitzvah of and Esrik. And through, uh, through all these things, we draw down the, the light of Yom Kippur, the cloud of Yom Kippur, the cloud of the incense of Yom Kippur, we bring it into ourselves. And similarly, the days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, it says that during that time, there's no time for anyone to do any sins. Because everyone's busy doing mitzvahs. And so if you're doing those, if you're celebrating those four days, you know, Yom Kippur and Sukkot is where you're meant to. So even the day after those four days, when there's time now, there's a cheshman, now there's time of a calculation for there to be possibility of sin. But it's a different kind of cheshman. It's not, it's not the, you're not, you're not, you're not uh, doing the same kinds of things anymore. It says that even tzaddikim say al-chait. Why did tzaddikim say al-chait? Tzaddikim have chait. Chait, again, means that you're off target. doesn't mean you're doing something drastically wrong. It means you're off target. So for what we're saying, al-chait, is an old Jewish song, a Hasidic song, about, uh, I believe it's about our confession. In our confession, we say to Hashem, for the sin that we have seen before you, knowingly and unknowingly. So the, the response in heaven is, huh? <laughs> what do you mean unknowingly? But when Levit Svedichev, when he says al he says, for the sins that we have done before you, like, what are you talking about? What sins have you done? However, the, the word sin for tzaddikim doesn't just mean, um, be, it means being off on some subtle way. So, so through the... Um, the the offering of the incense in Yom Kippur, transforming the sins into mitzvahs, and not just the sins, but even rectifying those things that for tzaddikim are considered some kind of subtle form of, of sin being off in some kind of way. And then after Yom Kippur, we draw down this transcendent light of Hashem, this cloud of the incense, into the sukkah, into the lulav. And we take these things, before sukkahs they weren't holy, they weren't a mitzvah. And we bring them into our lives and the physical things we're doing in our lives and we turn them into a mitzvah. And especially, not just preparing for the sukkah, preparing for the lulav, but actually doing the mitzvah of lulav and esrik, in the time of our joy. And this is not just a time of joy, but it's a day time which brings joy to the entire year. It should be a constant joy. As everyone mentions, that because you're always meant to serve Hashem, 
and service, and Hashem has to be has to have joy. You always have to be happy because Hashem. You're always supposed to serve Hashem, and service Hashem is meant to be done with joy. So by doing the mitzvah and esrog with our physical things and making them into a, a mitzvah, the, and celebrating the, the time of sukkah is the time of our joy, which this prepares us for the eternal joy of the coming of Mashiach. May He come and redeem us and lead us upright to our land speedily in our days, Mamash. So, in short, in one minute, what we've learned today is it's not that the connection we have with Hashem and Yom Kippur is beyond the, the deficiencies of the 11 spices, beyond the deficiencies of the non-kosher spices. It's precisely the opposite. It's that the, the incense is created specifically by the unholy. You need the unholy to create the incense. Why? Because the unholy has a higher source. It's higher than the, than the kosher things that we use in this world. It's, it, it's specifically something which is unholy. The sins that are done, that are turned into mitzvahs, are made on a much greater level of Hashem. The Kremling of Mashiach is specifically created by our, 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 the transformation of the negative into the positive. So it's not that the incense is beyond it, it's beyond the, 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 the unholy, the opposite of holiness. It's more that the incense is able to get into the divine source of the unholy and to transform it to good. And that's why it, it prepares, um, that's why it transforms the sins into mitzvahs. And that's why it's associated with the same revelation of the coming of Mashiach, because Mashiach's coming is also associated with this. Yes? So, how about the Shabbat Rabbah? Okay. The last day of the striking of the God willing, let's get the Shana Rabbah, Mr. Shem will. Shana Rabbah. We're going to learn Mr. Shema, Shana Rabbah, but we can't learn about today, now it's time for that game already. But one thing is for sure is that do one day at a time. Today, with that, Gadwar Javed today, and Mr. Shem, Shana Rabbah, they will already be celebrating the great salvation of Hashem in Shalai and Mashiach. Al Chaim. Shalai and Mashiach.